All right, welcome to a financial planning podcast with the down to earth vibe. Sasquatch listens while editing his YouTube videos that no one's seen. This is Through the Pines. This episode, we will focus on transitioning into retirement, a perspective from a retiring financial advisor named Dan. What's it like leading up to retirement? How to know when it's time to phase into retirement? How to prepare emotionally for retirement? How to prepare financially, of course, for retirement? What is the most difficult part of it? And what's the most enjoyable part so far of the, of being retired? And my favorite question, should you start a second career after retiring? Uh, we'll talk about these retirement questions and more on this episode of Through the Pines. Introducing the Forbes Best in State Wealth Management Team for Utah, along with the Advisor Hub, fastest growing advisors to watch under $1 billion, and receivers of the Ameriprise Client Experience Award, our financial wizards, planwithbaxter.com. Rex Baxter, Brandon Smith, and the retired Dan Nelson. Dan, how's it feel? Feels great, Brandon. Thanks for having me. It's a, <laughs> awesome. uh, we're uh, 16 days into retirement, so uh, kind of an interesting. Uh, I'll talk about that. A little weird sensation. Uh, yeah. Interesting uh, emotional uh, process. So 16 yeah. days, 16 days in retirement. Are you bored yet? <laughs> no, I'm not bored yet. No, okay. <laughs> no I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good that way. So, okay. Uh, well, and it, we've had the weather's not cooperating. Like you can't mow the lawn or anything like that. So that's one of the things I talked about. I, I uh, you know, we're recording this uh, towards the end of March. I retired the first part of March and, uh, of two, 2023. And, um, I was thinking by the first part of March, we would have pretty good weather to where I could actually go outside and do a lot of things. For those that remember March of 2023 in Utah, we know it's been raining or snowing about every day. So Yeah. Yeah, it's not working out for you. You can go south now. You're retired. You don't have to hang out home. You can just you can leave, fly the coop. But you're having you have grandkids and all that other things. So what was the feeling because you you knew this was coming what were your feelings approaching retirement yeah so let me give you a little little background uh you know my my i spent 43 years as a financial advisor started in the business in 1980 and um back then we called them stockbrokers so that's what i did and and i started as a trainee uh, with a company named ef hutton so um as we went through the process of uh, as a as a full financial advisor for about 12 years and then i got into management in 1992 and i spent 29 years of my 43 years as a branch manager so i spent a lot of time dealing with a lot of other things besides just individual client activities about a year and a half ago i uh, stepped out of management and got myself prepared to actually pull the plug and retire completely. So I worked with my clients, uh, got real engaged with Baxter and Associates and uh, with uh, Rex and, and Brandon. And we uh, we got uh, them used to and my clients used to them and them used to my clients. And we spent a lot of time on the phone and doing reviews. And it's been a pleasure over the last year and a half working with Rex and Brandon. They do a fantastic job 
as pure financial planners and helping clients prepare for this very thing, which is retirement. I'm glad I had uh, that experience because most of my career I spent doing asset management or managing offices. And I, uh, you know, thought I was pretty well prepared for retirement. Uh, financially, I am. That's not a problem. But emotionally, and uh, when I think about all the different aspects of, okay, what do you do the next day after you retire and your goal to get out of bed? And okay, now what do you do? Because you don't do your normal routine that you've done for, for me, in my case, over 40 years. So, well, I'm, but I'm curious about that. Did you keep your routine? Did you wake up with an alarm clock or, or what'd you do? For years and years, I haven't had an alarm clock. I've, I've always been used to getting up about six o'clock and um, uh, the market in Utah opens at seven thirty. So I would try to be in the office before seven thirty uh, every day for the last 40 some odd years. And so I still woke up at, at six o'clock. I still get out of bed. And uh, instead of getting on conference calls, I, I go through a new daily routine, which is uh, starts out with a little bit of a workout to try and get myself in better shape and, uh, and then go throughout my day. Rex, I got to imagine that um, watching someone retire is, has helped you actually um, because you know, you're still 35 years away from retirement, but um, <laughs> how, you know, what have you learned watching Dan go through this? You know, it's, it's, it's been fun watching Dan go through it because he's so methodical and thoughtful about his decisions. You know, over, over 25 years, 26 years, however long it's been, I, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of clients retire over that time frame. And so, you know, I feel like I go through this phase multiple times every single year, right along with our clients as they go through the emotional dynamic of, okay, am I confident? Do I have enough? Am I going to be able to make it? And, and then Dan and I had a lot of conversations about, you know, what does this really look like when you retire? What do you do the first three days? What do you do the next three days? And then the next 10 years, what, what are you going to do to keep yourself both physically and mentally active? Because too frequently we see people that don't have hobbies that retire or don't have something to keep them mentally engaged and retire. And shockingly, they, you know, they, they regress quickly, their bodies, their minds. And, and sometimes we even see, unfortunately, we see some pass away during the first couple of years right after retirement. And so, you know, that was a big focus of mine with Dan is just to make sure that we're looking at kind of the emotional side of this and, and the mental side, mental health side of this big piece he's going through because like Dan said it's 43 years in a career you know his his hobby was was financial advising recruiting managing a branch his his extracurricular activities were going to to mills to talk to to advisors were taking a you know putting out fires for advisors for 43 years that's been his life and and there hasn't been a lot of time for much else other than that and Dan's Dan's been pretty good about you know, going out on, on motorcycle rides. And, and I know how much Dan loves dance competitions uh, with his wife's studio. And so he spends a lot of time, you know, in, in the dance world, but, uh, but it's been fun going through and watching him go through this. Well, knowing you know, that Dan, how long, when did you know it was time to phase into it? Cause I've seen, I watched the financial advisors on TV. There's a lot in their seventies still. Cause 
they just don't know how to stop, you know? Yeah. You know, Brandon, that's a good question because early in my, early in my life, uh, as an advisor working 12, 12 hours, five days a week, and then Saturday mornings for six hours, the first three or four years of my career, that's what I was doing. I, I was working all the time and trying to build a business and it's difficult to build a business. It's hard to, to do that. But after you get into a routine in your life, uh, 10 or 12 years into it, I noticed, I started to notice that advisors that were sitting in the corner offices, you know, of, of the offices I, I were in, a lot of them were older. A lot of them uh, were, uh, you know, in their 60s and 70s. And and I would go by uh, some of the offices and, and some of them were engaged and some of them weren't engaged. And then when I became a manager, uh, I, I would spend a lot of time with these advisors uh, talking to them about what was their plan and and we do business planning for the next year. And, and then they'd say, well, I'm thinking about retiring. And then they'd think about it for a couple more years. And I found that a couple of things. I found that a lot of the older advisors either did not have a life outside of their business and their whole identity was what they did for a living, their job. And it was difficult for them, even though financially they could retire it was difficult for them to pull the plug. And, and in some cases, I, I know of advisors that I respected and watched as I was growing and young in the business to be, to, that were very successful, did not know how to say, it's enough. It's enough. Yeah. And I always said when I was 40 and 50, I'm going to be done when I'm going to be done. And I'm not going to die in the office in my chair. You know, yeah, because that's the saddest thing in the world. If you don't have something else in life to hold on to other than your career. So I guess that's the advice you would give most is to make sure someone in their career has another hobby to do in retirement. You, you need to have other things besides your career because you you could get burned out really easily in this business because the markets are. Uh, on the news 24-7 now. You know, uh, it's very different today than it was when I started 40 years ago. And and so you need to have a plan. And, and mine included a list of 15 to 17 different things that I'm going to work on as I go into this next phase of my life. And I'm very pleased and happy to be able to be in a situation financially where I can do this, but also Rex had helped me. Brandon's helped me mentally to, to get to a point where I could do this. And, and so I look forward to the opportunity to, to do other things in my life with my life. What, what are some of those things on that list? Let's talk about it. So uh, one of them is, uh, you know, early in my life. Uh, in fact, a lot of people would tell you that know me uh, my freshman year in college, I did more skiing than I did school. And um, so I'm going to actually, actually, actually uh, do a little more skiing. So I started to do that a little bit, both downhill and cross country. Uh, I'm going to, I've always golfed a little bit, not like Rex, uh, where Rex is really good at it. I've never gotten to be that great at it. So I'm going to start doing a little more golfing. I'm going to, uh, this summer, get a couple of guides and teach me how to fly fish, I think. And uh I'm going to do some volunteer work with my church, uh, obviously, and that that'll be fulfilling. I'm going to continue to ride my motorcycle. We uh, we have trips planned about for three or four days every every month uh, from April through September, October, with a group of guys that I ride with. And so, 
we'll continue to do that. I did a uh, last summer a year ago in, in preparation for this, uh, I uh, built a pickleball court. So in my yard, so uh, we're getting into that and learning how to do that and trying to get better at that type of thing. So anything that gives me more activity, I'm not crazy and never have been about walking on a treadmill, but to go out and, and, and go for a walk or go on an e-bike, which I have, or to go play pickleball or something like that, or go for a hike. I've always wanted to do those types of things. So yeah. those are, those are some of the things we'll do. And obviously my family is uh, real involved. I have 15 grandchildren as of tonight. And uh, they're all live within 10 to 15 minutes here of, of where I live, which is great. So I'll be real involved in a lot of their activities going forward. So those are some of the things that I'll probably probably do. Brandon, you're you're in the business building. You're just starting uh, building the business, and you've watched Rex now, who's in the middle, Dan now, who's retiring. You know what have you learned from? both of these guys and in particular Dan as he gets ready to retire. Yeah. Th thanks. I, it's, it, it's fun. It, it there, Dan and I had a, a couple calls actually where, where he called the called his client who he had started working with at the beginning of their retirement. And obviously Dan was, you know, young in his career, he started working and, and had gotten them through, basically their entire retirement to where they're in their nineties now. And, and, and those phone calls were to me, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to describe them, but it was really interesting to listen to that and, and gain that perspective. And I've been thinking about that a lot as I, as I bring on new clients and, and as I'm working with clients, where am I going to be in 30 years and where are they going to be in 30 years and, and, and just getting that, that perspective of, of the importance of a, of a transition of the importance of a team, right? Right now, I, you know, feel like I'm the young guy and, and, <laughs> but, but eventually we need to find, you know, find someone that's going to come in younger than I am that will be able to handle my clients, um, you know, as they, as they transition, especially the clients that I've got that are around my age in their thirties and forties. Um, I need to make sure that we've got a team that can transition that. And so it, it's been, it's been really interesting kind of getting the perspective of, you know, life isn't really, isn't that long and, and careers, you know, at about 40 years, that, that, that's not a, a long time. You just think you're going to have multi-generations of clients, but, but really you only have, you know, one set of 40 years. Don't screw it up. Yeah. Don't mess it up. <laughs> you know, I it will go fast, Brandon. It really will. And, um, you know, some of those calls and, and, and over the last year and a half, we've, we've had a lot of those with Rex and Brandon and, and talking to people and getting them prepared for me to retire. And I've had several of them that have said, uh, especially probably to Rex uh, and me uh, on some of those calls that, you know, wait a minute, I was supposed to die before you retired. Uh, I didn't I didn't expect this to happen happen this way. And, uh, you know, I've been a little concerned. So Rex and I have gone out to their homes and we spent some time with them uh, about the process and how they're in good hands. They are in good hands. Uh, had great relationships with clients over the years. And um, and that's, uh, that's the love of the business it has to do with those relationships of clients and uh, and that trust that you build over a period of years. And and that was that's what makes me feel comfortable to do this is that, they're in good hands with Rex and Brandon. 
and Holly and our team. Uh, they are uh, well taken care of, and, and so it makes me feel more comfortable to do this. Rex, did you have a comment? Yeah, I was just going to say it's it's been it's been really interesting to kind of watch Dan and and other clients. I think that there's when we talk about preparing for retirement, I think there's kind of two different categories. You've got those that are in the service industry, like Dan that has fantastic relationships with clients and has built those relationships over time and to where they, they almost feel like family to some extent. Um, you know, it's very professional still. And, and, you know, there's, there's always those lines, but it's, it's very close, close ties and relationships after 30 and 40 years. And then you have the, the other category where you're making widgets, right. And, and you're, you're working in a, in a, in a shop, you're selling things, you're, or, or you're making things or you're, you know, you're punching a clock, whatever the case may be. And, and that's, that's a different set of an emotional dynamic because you have a, a responsibility and, and you feel the, the gap of losing that responsibility in that channel, in that retirement channel, but you don't have quite as many emotional ties to as many people. Whereas in, in, our business, normally you have the emotional ties and the emotional responsibility, um, but you also, where Dan managed for so many years, he also had the, the feeling of being relied upon and being needed in a daily basis. And when you retire, you kind of fall off that cliff a little bit to, to, to where you have to kind of reassess and, and, and reaffirm your self-worth a little bit. To, to say, okay, well, where, where do I fit now? Where am I needed and what do I need to do? And, and that's, the, you know, those are kind of two very different channels, I think, that I see with different clients. Let me, let me talk about that for a second, uh, Rex. I'm glad you brought that up. I was talking before I retired over this last year or so, and I was talking to a lot of my friends that were in management also uh, that have gone on and retired. The, the five people that I started with in the office that I started, I was the trainee back in 1980, and those other four individuals have retired uh, from the business. And um, after 40 years of, of doing this, which, you know, normally that doesn't happen in an office of, of five people that all five stay in the same business for all their whole career. But I was talking to one of them, and, and we were talking about this at lunch, and he said to me, you know, the, the, what he felt after the first month of retirement is, he said, I, I didn't feel relevant anymore. And he said, I didn't expect that. I didn't feel like I was needed uh, for something. And so he said, I had to adjust my mind to that so that there were still uh, people in my life, my family, my kids, my grandkids, my neighbors, my friends that still needed me. And so I felt relevant, which was interesting that he, he said that to me. The other uh, sensation that I have felt that I didn't expect to feel because I'm not a outgoing social person, really. Uh, and, but I, so I didn't expect to feel this sensation. And that sensation is I, I, the best word to describe it is probably loneliness. And the reason I say that is I was used to talking to between 25 to 35 people per day, every day. Uh, and took that for granted that that was just my day and it filled my day. And when I was driving home every night, it was like, wow, I'm not getting on the phone. 
uh, I'm going to decompress. Well, now I talk to two or three people per day. And, and so you feel a sense of, wait a minute, that's different than I thought I was going to feel after doing that for over 40 years. So uh, I don't want anybody to feel bad for me. I'm not lonely. I have great family and great, great grandkids and, and I have lots of activities, but it's a sensation that I didn't expect to feel. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can sort of relate. I mean, I was, I worked in retail. I was the general manager of a small retail shop. Again, like you said, Rex, multiple people relied on, they would ask me questions, you know, and, and I ran a team. And then now since October, I'm essentially a solopreneur. I have a business partner who has a full-time job. So I do a lot of the stuff myself. And it's like, where'd all those, where'd all those people go? You know, that, that needed me and I'm the only one who needs me now. So it is a different, it's a weird sensation when you make changes like that in your life to be, to be prepared for that. Yeah, it really is. It's really interesting. One of the things we, we, you know, when we prepare to, to talk about this today, we, we kind of put together some questions in an outline. And one of the questions that, that somebody had posed is uh, what surprised you about jumping into retirement? And that, that's the one thing that's really surprised me. I expected not to get up and go to work every day. Uh, you know, you know that going in 40 years ago, you know, but what surprised me is that, that feeling of, uh, of not need, not being needed. That, that surprised me a little bit. So. Well, I'm enjoying the, the interesting side of the being ready emotionally. Uh, good news is you don't have to worry about the financial side because you well, and it's your job. And if you didn't do a good job of that, we'd have some problems, but um you know, walk us through that. What were the right moves you made? What do people need to do? I mean, this is what you did for a living for 40 years. Um, you know, how, how did you make sure that you were comfortable where you're at with money in retirement? Yeah, good question. Because um, even even as a, as a financial advisor, every day when you uh, six o'clock and your eye open your eyes and you're laying there in bed and you swing your legs off the bed, and you say to yourself, okay, what's planned for the day? And you go to get up. The, the one thing that you always think of is, especially as you get to be 60 or 65 years old, is uh, how much is enough? How much is enough financially? Is this enough? Do I have enough? Am I ready? Um, and so I've been thinking about that for five or, or six or seven years. Um, uh, so what was really nice about that, and this is what I want to encourage everyone who's listening to this to do what helped me more than anything over the last year and a half is spending time with Rex and Brandon and planning my own financial life. I, I knew I, I, I thought I had enough, you know, but whoever knows how much is enough, but I thought I had enough, but what we did and what Rex did with me is he went through all of my assets and we brought it all together on one financial plan. And, and so it's in one place. I have real estate, I have investments, I have other uh, income from uh, my wife's business, from family inheritance. Uh, I have other blood of, of places where I can get income from. But what Rex did is he brought it all together on one page. So we actually planned out, okay, how do we start taking the income? Because once the first part of March, there's no more paychecks. So where do I get income from and which is the best place to take it from? 
Um, we're not taking it from my IRAs right now because of my, I'm in a high tax bracket. One thing I did learn that I would probably do a little bit different. And, and I, as I think about this for people that are in this situation and getting ready to retire the last couple of years, I wanted to make sure when I retired that I had no debt. Now other people still have debt and that's fine. If you're comfortable with it, I wasn't comfortable with that. So the last few years I took some deferred comp and I took, I start taking more income and use that money to pay off all of my debt, my apartments, my home, and some other things. And so I had no debt. Well, what that did was it increased my income in 2020 and 2021. Well, one thing you learn after you do this is you go to the social security office and you say, well, I want to apply for social security. I've been paying in for over 40 years and didn't know what ever happened, but now I'm going to start taking some out, you know, and I don't need the income from social security, but I still want to start taking some out and I'll probably end up donating some of it. But what was interesting about that is I didn't think about bumping my income up in 2020 and 2021 and how that would affect how much I pay for Medicare part A or part B. And so I'm paying the maximum amount for that because I really didn't plan that very well, which is not a big deal for me, but it could be for other people, you know? And so you need to plan if you're going to pay off your debt and do some other things and take income, uh, probably should do it five years before you retire or 10 years before you retire, as opposed to a year or two or three before you retire. So I, I did learn that, which I thought was kind of interesting. Rex, you got to have a list of all this stuff. Like that's something that, I mean, you guys are in the industry, you know, and, and to think of all the things, you know, like, how do you. Rex probably didn't know that, but I never thought <laughs> about it. And, and, with his clients, and with his clients where it actually matters, it doesn't matter to me that I'm paying 500 versus or 600 versus 164. But for other people, it probably could matter. Yeah. I think it's always interesting, right? I, I can't remember the old fairy tale right but it's the shoemaker who who makes his and his kids shoes last right yeah and and it's the same kind of thing right is is as financial advisors we we always assume that our teammates our partners the people in the office that they're doing their own planning right that they're taking care of their own needs and they're looking at it objectively and 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 you know taking everything into consideration and and so when dan when Dan and I started going through his own stuff, you know, we were maybe, maybe a year, nine months out before retirement is all when he and I started going through his own stuff, just to, to kind of put a rubber stamp on, on everything that, yeah, you're just fine. You can retire with confidence and things like that. And, and like so many of our clients, you know, the decisions that he's now talking about were made a year or two or three prior to that. And, and that happens so frequently to where, you know, people will, will make decisions and then they'll come and tell us about the decisions after the fact. And at that point, you know, the consequences are already in place typically. And so that's, you know, so Dan gets the consequences of those decisions for this year. And then we'll kind of deal with the rebates and, and different yeah. things like that, that that are in place down the road. But I, you know, if you remember a lot of our podcasts, Brandon, I tell my kids frequently and Dan, you're not one of my kids, but I tell my kids frequently, you know, we get to make our choices, but we don't get to choose our consequences. That's right. And that goes with everything in our financial lives, right? 
this part of it's actually kind of, you know, I, I would even say comical because, because you're right. <laughs> I've been in this business for 40 some odd years. Should have thought about that. I didn't really think about it. I, I actually didn't even think about taking social security, but Rex and I talked about it and thought, well, you know, you've got quite a bit of money in there been paying the max all these years. Why not just start pulling some of it out? So, so we did. And so it's not meaningful as far as my life, but it is to most people. It's very meaningful. And so that's my point is talk to financial planners, talk to Rex, talk to Brandon about this. When you get five years out, don't wait until a year before you want to retire, start thinking about it five, six years, four years out. Uh, and these are the kinds of things that Rex and Brandon would help help you do correctly. So, I, I will say it, it, there there isn't a magic uh, a perfect answer either. I was just talking to a client over the last week who, you know, in in somewhat of a similar situation, wanted to pay pay off a house, and and it was at a low interest rate, and and they just wanted to be done with it, right? And they said, well, what makes the most sense financially, you know? And we went through it and said, well, it really makes the most sense not to pay it off. We can get a much better rate of return on average in, in the investment markets. But to them, it was important, right? To them, they just wanted to be done with the debt, right? And that's something, Dan, you knew yeah. that you could handle debt into retirement. That obviously yeah. wasn't something that was, you know, intellectually concerning. However, you just wanted to feel debt free and have that debt relieved. And, and you know, sometimes we're willing to pay a couple hundred bucks a month extra, you know, to yeah. get through it. And that's but that's, that's, that's the purpose of financial planning is to make those decisions consciously and feel good about them and then feel good about the, the repercussions on the back end. Absolutely true. Good point. Rex, I, I put the banner up there because, um, you know, I, we're all online experts now in, in med, in health, you know, I can Google WebMD, fi finances, everything. So what, you know, why do we need a financial advisor to, to help us with our finances when I can just Google everything and, and I, I think it's Dan pointed out really the, one of the best answers, because even working in the industry, you can't think of everything. No. Well, well, I think not only do you not think of everything, but, you know, we are emotional beings. Right. And WebMD is not. And so it's it's easier for us to sit here and navigate and say, yes, these are your options. Right. And these are the pros and cons of each option. And but then for us, it's easy to say this is probably how you're going to feel six months after making that decision uh, in each of those situations, because we've seen it before. And, and being able to talk to them and, and handle the emotional dynamics of of that process, I think, is just as important as making the actual decision, because we all make terrible decisions when we're emotional about them. And, and the fallout from that can be, can be difficult to deal with. And I, I think, in a, I mean, I, I probably run my own personal financial plan more than is healthy, right? Just because I like to look at it and I try and convince my wife that it's fun to look at too. She still isn't on board. <laughs> How's that but, going? Uh, yeah, still not. not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but, but I do like to, but, but I'll say, I mean, I spend, I spend time looking through, running the scenario, looking at, at different options. But then I'll always go back and I'll talk to Rex, almost always, right? And say, hey, Rex, here's what I've decided. And I've done my due diligence, right? I, I mean, I've thoroughly thought through this plan and I've said, hey, what do you think, right? What, what are, you know, and, and, and he'll, he has great feedback, right? Consid have you considered this emotional impact that this might have on you when you do this, this, and this? Have you considered, you know, what this, 
might do, you know, and it just, it, half of, part of financial planning is actually getting this, the right strategy. The other major part is getting fully on board emotionally to the point that you can run through it and work with your plan, even when times get tough. And, and, and I think that is at the epicenter of financial advising is, is helping you understand and make the most efficient strategies and then feel fully confident when, when times get hard. Rex, now that Dan's retired, who are you going to chat with? I'm pretty sure I've called Dan every day of his retirement so far. I think I'm one of the three or four. And so I've actually called Rex several times too, Brendan. So you want to know? He's on. He's on speed dial. I know his number. So yeah, you know, I think I think that's one of the things that our team brings to the table that that a lot of teams don't is, you know, there there's lots of competent financial planners and financial advisors and wealth managers out there in the marketplace. There's, there's plenty that aren't as well. So again, you still need to be careful. But I think the, the uniqueness of our team is that, is that we do take a lot of the psychology into account. And, and I, I really credit you know, my, you know, two of my previous partners for that. Um, Dan, what was your college degree in again? Oh, I majored in psychology. Yeah. So he majored in psychology right. and, and my partner before him majored in psychology. And, and I don't know, I mean, that's, that's such an odd coincidence that my first partner, Paul Amen, who I joined with in, in the mid nineties had a major in psychology and he and I would spend, you know, hours a week on occasions, just talking about the psychological impacts of, of people and decisions and investing and, and, and things like that. And then that just kind of continued with Dan and, and Brandon probably gets sick of it. He's like, Oh my gosh, Rex, you're, you're psychoanalyzing this to death. And, uh, and yet I think that that is something that our team brings to the table that most don't is, is, is making sure that not only are clients confident about retirement and, and their financial decisions, but they're also confident about about how they're going to feel and what they're and what that's going to you know what what that's going to do to them down the road, as far as emotionally with their family and and the impacts that have on on some of their decisions. So I, I think that's you know a, a little bit unique for our team. I have to tell you something funny that my my oldest son who's who's in our business he he's a he's a, an investment manager actually he's a lot smarter than I am. Uh, the CFA uh, does does really really well. One thing that he said to my my wife uh, the week before I retired, he he said so. So Dad's really going to retire, and my wife says, "Well, yeah, it's it's next Tuesday," and and he says, "Oh, I don't think this is good. I don't think this is good." And and, and my wife says, "What do you mean? Why, why do you say that?" I'm concerned that he's just going to get out of bed, sit home and watch TV or not do anything and not have other hobbies or not do something because he's worked his whole life. And, and I'm not sure if he's really mentally ready for this and, you know, and this, and he was starting to worry about it a week before I retired. So mm-hmm. um, I, I said to him, he come over that that Sunday before and we had a little retirement party and, and I said to him, so I guess you're worried about me retiring. He said, yeah, I'm concerned about you just, you know, dying two years from now because you don't do anything else. And he said, I, I've seen that a lot. And I said, 
I've got plenty of things to do. In fact, I'm probably going to take some some classes in woodworking and learn how to do that. And and I'm going to do ski more. I'm going to golf more. I'm going to fly fish. I'm going to do some more charitable work. And, and he said, good. Okay, good. I'm glad you've got that planned out. He thought I hadn't thought about it. So yeah, I thought that was yeah. kind of funny, funny that he was worried about that. The kid's looking out for you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Brandon, you don't happen to have any uh, retirement s'more numbers for us, do you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right on. So, so this one's actually, I usually do finance ones. I know you guys kind of like the idea of other. Anyway, this is from the NCAA about brackets. So every year people fill out their March Madness brackets, right? And uh, do you know what your odds of getting that right 100% are? No, it's like one in oh. millions. It's got to be like one in ten and a half million or something. It's it's deep. Not even is way more remote than that. One wow. in nine point two quintillion. Oh my what? gosh! Quintillion is wow. like trillions and trillions. Of, so so there to put that in perspective, there are seven point five an estimated. No one's counted them. Seven point five quintillion grains of sand of sand grains of sand on the earth. like on the earth. Yeah. The entire. Wow. So wait. So so, but hasn't hasn't someone got it right? Has hasn't someone done it before? I don't know. All I the teams, all sixty-four teams, correct? I don't know. I don't know. That would be so lucky. Yeah, I think a lot of people have gotten the final four. Okay. Correct. You know well, that, but... which is phenomenal because some of the upsets in the early rounds are really really wild. You just never know. It's pure luck. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thought that was oh, interesting. Okay. No, that was a good hey, one. Brandon. I, do, I do have a question for Dan. So Dan, if you would have been forced, and this is actually somewhat of a real life scenario. I've talked to people who have had yeah. like early retirement options, right. And, and, and had to choose between, do I pull the plug early? You know, do I pull the trigger early or do I work longer? But if you would have been forced to either retire two years prior to this or wait two years later, which would you have chosen? Let's talk about that. I, I would have probably chosen two years later, but but only because the last year and a half um, working with you guys in this team, after I got out of management, I have totally, totally enjoyed my job. I love working with my clients and I didn't have the stress of management trying to manage up and manage down uh, like I did for those 29 years. So it would have been later. Um, Back 12 years ago, before I joined Ameriprise, I was at I was at Morgan Stanley. Uh, spent my whole career at Smith Barney or affiliates of Smith Barney, and then merged with Morgan Stanley during the financial crisis. Because of uh, of that crisis, we merged a lot of companies, and I wasn't really happy uh, there. And so I was trying to make the decision when I was, you know, 55. Uh, do I want to be done and retire? And I wasn't ready mentally at all to do it then. And so found Ameriprise, uh, the company, it's a pure financial planning firm. We do it better than anybody in the business. I honestly believe Rex and Brandon do it better than anybody else, even at Ameriprise probably. And um, it's been fulfilling so if I had to wait, if I had to choose between two years ago or two years from now, it would have been two years from now because my wife is still working and um, real engaged in her business. 
my daughters are part of that and are going to take that over, but she's going to be a while before she's uh, completely done. And so it would have been two years from now. Only because I wasn't in management, though. Only because I was working with you guys and my clients, which I enjoyed. Cool. Well, if you could pick a retirement career, your second, you know, make a little yeah. bit of money on the side in retirement, what would that be? You know, what's interesting when you say that is uh, I, I got approved to be an arbiter today, actually. Um, so in our business, uh, if there's a conflict with a client or uh, an advisor, uh, that that goes to an arbitration board. It's usually a, a, an attorney, a member of the public, and a member that was um, in the business uh, or in, still in the business. Uh, three three person arbitration board. I'm going to be one of those, and they pay you a little money to do that. I've seen about everything in this business from uh, advisors that were doing the right thing and clients that didn't like some of the things that were going on and have have gone after them, or advisors that weren't doing the right thing and and clients went after them. And uh, I've seen both sides of that. And I want to make sure that this business is honorable and continues to be honorable. And so I'm going to serve on an arbitration board, uh, arbitration boards going forward. And that's nice because I can pick and choose when I want to do it versus yeah. being yeah. a reader at, at Walmart. You, they probably set your schedule for you. So, yeah. so that, that won't work for me. So that yeah. was on the list. Though. That was yeah. no, <laughs> that wasn't on the <laughs> Hey, it's social. You know, you can you can meet people, all kinds of people, if you're working at the, the, the Walmart retail. The Walmart readers are a lot friendlier than I am personally. So <laughs> you're, a lot, you're a lot nicer people probably than I am. So well, my my mother-in-law went. I mean, they're retired, but she went back to work in a retail store just to for the social aspect to make a little money, give her give you something to do. Yeah. You know, it's kind of and it, and it works. What you it do. works if you do it part yeah. time. You look yeah. at you look, you go to the Home Depot and you look around and the the people in the vests. Yeah, and they love it. They they're like they the nicest it. ones there. So they absolutely <laughs> love it. They absolutely yeah. love it. I'll say I've done countless plans where where I'll meet with someone who hates their job, like hates it. Right? It's like mm. I'm ready to retire yesterday, and and we'll dig into the numbers and and. You know, it'll turn out not on all of them, but a lot of them. It turns out, hey, we're good, right? Like literally, go put in your two weeks tomorrow. You can retire. And I am always amazed at how often that goes from I can't stand my job to let's try it. Let's let's go another couple months. You know, and and oh, and, wow. I, yeah. like, and, it, and and you wouldn't believe how often those people end up getting raises. And I don't know if it's because they go back mm. to work with a better attitude or they go back with an attitude of, hey, I, I don't need to be here. Why don't you, what, what can you do to keep me? And, really and it's, a, really it's amazing the emotional change yeah. that happens when you don't have to be there, but you're choosing to be there. I've, I've seen that a lot. And I felt that over the last year or two, as, as I knew I was going to step out of management and just work with you guys and the team and my clients. And I thought about, we, we talked about setting dates and then we were in the middle of COVID, you know, and, and I couldn't do it to my clients or to my office or the people in my office during COVID. I just didn't feel like I could do that. And even though I'm over 65 and could have, 
you know, uh, I just feel like didn't feel like I could do that. So got through COVID and then we started thinking, OK, what do we want to do? And by the time you get to the point where you actually can retire, uh, whether it's physically, financially or whatever, emotionally, um, sometimes your job is more enjoyable. You know, sometimes it's like, you know what, if I want to say I'm done in two weeks and they know that I can say that, um, you seem to enjoy your work more. And, and so that's always a that's always a good point uh, that, that a lot of people think about. Rex, you can actually set yourself up to do that before retirement. Um, you can you make the right financial choices. You can be financially independent and, and then not have to worry about that. Uh, earlier, I guess. So what, you know, what are the, some of the choices that people should be making now so that when they do reach retirement, like Dan, they're ready. I think a lot of it comes back to a lot of our previous podcasts, right? And, and so, you know, Brandon, you know, one of, one of his great lines is make it automatic, right? And so make your savings automatic, make those things that you care about the most, make it automatic. You know, Dan's is, is, start early and make sure you're maxing out, you know, the, the match on the 401k and, and do that as soon as you are offered a retirement plan. Um, you know, and, and, and for me, it's trying to save, you know, the 10 to 15% and making sure that you're kind of building um, in, in the three pillars of wealth that, that you can, whether it be in the financial markets, the real estate markets, or, or owning your own business. And, and if you can do, you know, at least do one, if you can do two, great. If you can do three, fantastic. Um, and so I, I think those, those are still the keys. And I think that those will continue to be the keys to people setting themselves up to retire on their terms and timeframes that they want. So I, you know, I, I think those are, are the key things that the one question that I still have for Dan is, you know, I, have you hit that point yet? And, and when I say that is the number, probably the number one thing that retirees say to me is, I don't know how I had time to work. <laughs> so have you hit that point yet, Dan? No, but uh, it's interesting. I've thought about that a lot because I've heard that too, Rex, and from a lot of my friends that, that have already retired. And um, what, what I, I would tell you is when I was managing the offices, I was working lots of hours. And after I stepped out of management and joined our team, Rex and Brandon took the load from me. And I had a little more time to myself to think about myself and think about what do I do with my day? And I, I didn't make as many phone calls as I did in management. So over the last year and a half or so, I've kind of mentally prepared for that. And uh, I'm not, I've not reached the point where, uh, you know, I still have time. Um, <laughs> I, I still get up in the morning and I, I try to write down three or four things that I want to accomplish today, every day because I want to fill my day with good things. And um, again, I'm waiting for the weather to get a little better. And, and I think that will come when the weather gets a little better, where, wait a minute, I've got all these things I want to do outside. I don't have time. I don't know how I ever had time to work. You know, I think that'll happen then. Yeah. I, I think it's been fun because I've, I've actually tried to stall Dan's retirement at just about every turn I could, right. Try and, and talk him out of retiring, try and get it to stall another year, another month, another six weeks, whatever the time. And, uh, 
to the point where he's like, Rex, I'm retiring. No, I, I really <laughs> am going to be done. And, and yet I think over the last year or year and a half since he joined our team, um, I've seen, you know, Dan's bare feet in sand and more beaches than I've seen over most of my career. And uh, as he's been preparing himself to retire and practicing retiring during the last year and a half mm-hmm. on, on a lot of those trips. And, and so that actually kind of looks fun. And so at some point I want to practice retiring like Dan did. There so. you go. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. I've, uh, I've done that. I'm going to do a lot more of that. Uh, travel, <laughs> travel is one of the things on the list. Uh, here this uh, first part of the summer, we're going to go for two weeks to some places I've never been uh, up in Northern, uh, Northern Europe, uh, up to Denmark and Norway, where my, a lot of my ancestors are from. And, and we're going to spend a couple of weeks up there and uh, see in some of those places. So I look forward to that. Well, congrats, Dan. I think it was, it was awesome to have you um, on this particular show. And hopefully you can join us in the future, even though you are retired. And we'll just bounce questions off of you. Like, are we doing this right? There you go. <laughs> Happy to do it, guys. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in again, plan with Baxter and I will put up the the little banner here so that you got the information with plan with Baxter. You can get a hold of them. If you need to, they will be down one person. You have to change the name, Rex. It's Baxter. Uh, Eventually we'll get that changed, but you know, his legacy lives on for a while. So That's, that's what I figured. That'll work good. Give us a like on our Facebook page, Through the Pines. Follow us on Instagram at pines underscore podcast. Most importantly, and what's what helps us the most is you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Through the Pines Podcast. You can see our wonderful, beautiful faces at any time. Rather than just hearing our wonderful, beautiful voices, you can actually see what we look like And when you subscribe to the YouTube channel. This has been Through the Pines reminding you to use yesterday's dollars to finance tomorrow's dreams. <laughs>